Love doesn't lie or expect you to live one. What lies do you believe about love? I'm Zara Hairston, an author, relationship, and mindset coach who helps those mistreated and struggling with toxic attachments to set boundaries in unhealthy areas so they can maintain their personalized emotional growth goals. Welcome to my podcast, What Kind of Love Is This?, where I uncover common deceptions that lead us to accept what isn't even love. Brought to you by ZaraHairston.com. This podcast is not a substitute for counseling or therapy. It is intended for informational purposes only. Hey, Truth Tribe. Did you live and love in the whole truth and nothing but the truth since we last talked? Welcome back to a new week where you can find motivation to move forward stronger or try again if that was not the case since the last episode. We're back today with a brand new episode, picking up on the abuse series that you don't want to miss. So remember, episodes release on the second and fourth Sunday of each month. And if you don't know, we talk about these episodes in real time via the What Kind of Love Is This After Show Live. You can now catch the What Kind of Love Is This After Show Live every fourth Sunday at 1.30 Eastern time on my YouTube channel. Write down your questions and any contributions you might wanna offer like personal experience or you know what, when you said that this happened to me, I wanna give a real life example. Write it all down when you listen to the episodes for that month. It's only two in each month. And subscribe to my email and YouTube for notifications to discuss it with us the fourth Sunday of every month. You can find the link to subscribe in the description to this episode. Now, this is the third of a four-part series on abuse and the abuse most requested to discuss next from a poll I did on my YouTube community tab was narcissistic abuse. So the lie we're going to continue to deal with in this series is that's not really abuse. And this is part three, narcissistic abuse. Narcissistic abuse does not just stem from what we recognize as a narcissist, but also from a reprobate mind. And we must be even more conscious of the very real dangers that a reprobate mind poses. So while we'll discuss some traits of narcissism in this episode, my hope is that you'll understand the reprobate tendency of a narcissist that endangers you. All right, let's get right into some of the main traits of a narcissist, which includes having a magnified or exaggerated sense of self-importance. So they expect to be recognized as superior even without any real corresponding achievements. Preoccupation with imaginations of unlimited success, power, or brilliance. And we know what Yah says about uh, vain imaginations. So they're always reaching for some unattainable dream or feat that they usually, you know, they, they just, they don't reach because it's unattainable requiring excessive admiration and approval. 
So it's incredibly draining to be in relationship with them and their constant need to be recognized as such and such. Unreasonable expectations of favor. So they require immediate compliance with their expectations. Relationally exploitive. So they take advantage of people to attain their own gain or unrealistic dreams. Not willing to recognize the feelings and needs of others. So they're unable to empathize. Basically, most narcissists are in their hearts an Elohim, whom everyone needs to center their lives around when they arrive on the scene in the room or in your midst. And let me ask you, who do these characteristics sound like? Who who do those characteristics demonstrate? Yes, Hashatan or Satan himself or the spirit of him. So narcissists often behave from a behavioral and even what I'll show you is a spiritual standpoint like Hashatan's children. Yahusha even refers to those with these traits that way in Yoshanan or John 8:44. The Sefer version says, "You are of your father, the devil, and the lust of your father you will do." He was a murderer from the beginning. And I'm pause right there because I want you to remember murder is not exclusive to a physical weapon or what have you. Remember Proverbs 18:21 says that the tongue has the power of life and what death that's important to note but i'll continue on with john 8 44 and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him when he speaks a lie he speaks of his own for he is a liar and the father of it so Narcissists often abuse you by doing whatever it takes to get their way in the world they deem necessary to create. And again, abuse is not always just physical, blood, murder. Go back and listen to part one of the abuse series when we recap what abuse really is and how people downplay abuse if you can't see the blood and the cuts and the scrapes. Um, so again, narcissists often abuse you by doing whatever it takes to get their way in the world they deem necessary to create. They are trying to behave like y'all and create world, a world of their own. And those who are quote unquote spiritual can be the worst of the narcissists because they'll go so far as to use even y'all to get what they need to accomplish some selfish gain. They will convince you, they will convince you, and I mean really convince you, manipulatively though, in ways that make you question your own integrity and walk with Yah, that they know Yah better than anyone else. They've got the special word. They've got the higher secret things, the hidden word up above your spiritual level. They see things you just can't see. Meanwhile, it's not the true and living Elohim doing it. It's the Elohim they've made out of themselves, convincing them to convince you. 
in in their heart, they believe they are believing with the same conviction of an authentic believer to make you believe what they want you to believe in their power and their will while they're actually very far from y'all even though they appear to be very righteous go back and listen to part two which is spiritual abuse about the appearance of righteousness like the angel of light that satan often uh disguises himself as again like the behavior of hashatan they lie to themselves because the truth is not in them in that state and unlike those with true conviction, they do not desire for themselves to grow and get better because in their heart, they already are the best. So there's no nothing to aspire to. They, they, are, they are already at the height. Many people like to say, all the narcissist needs is Christ. Not realizing many narcissists already think they have him. But instead of letting him use them, the narcissist only uses Yah and Yah's people for what is referred to as quote unquote supply or a constant furnishing of attention and admiration. You ever met someone you just gotta, you, they just always need attention. They, you, they always need to admire them. They ask you for your opinion. And if you actually give them a balanced perspective, which may include some constructive criticism, oh man, you just, you ain't no support. You ain't, this, this, it's just, it's this constant need to make them feel like they are the center of the world. And what narcissists do is draw on that kind of supply of naive believers by becoming an Elohim to them, committing only to themselves, the narcissist that is, in order for the unsuspecting to make them the most important, the most superior, the central focus. And narcissists do nearly anything to reel you back into that understanding should you show signs you're forgetting or no, or no longer convinced of who they want you to believe they are. All this so they can feel like Yah, be like Yah. A real life version of the scripture that shows what Hashatan thinks of himself when he says things like, I will be like God. And he, and he, he's done anything to be like that. He has broken relationships, divided relationships, distorted the truth. Uh, scripture says that he goes around looking for who he, he can devour. They only come to steal, kill and destroy anything to be like a God. Go read it in Yeshayahu, which is Isaiah 14, I think around like verse 13 and 14. And just look at some of the characteristics of Hashatan and you'll see that a narcissist displays a lot of the same traits because it's a similar, a familiar spirit. How's it going so far? In the midst of that toxic relationship you might be dealing with, whether it's your parent, spouse, coworker, family member, whoever it may be. Is this podcast filling you up with strength and encouragement to face it with a healthier outlook? Do you want to show your support? If so, I just wanted to stop for a moment and remind you that you can support this free podcast when you order from my shop, send a gift, or become a monthly patron. Your support not only helps you, but others, including myself. So if you find value in my content and it helps you grow, please consider showing your support. Find the links in the episode description. Thanks so much for your consideration. Now, back to the episode. 
I say all that to show you that a narcissist does not feel true conviction. And so they never do wrong. Again, that is in their own heart. Not that they don't ever do wrong. In their heart, they don't. Now, they might cry, plead, even do nice things. Scripture says that even evil people give their children gifts. So they might do nice things that appear, that's the key word, appear to be conviction because they are like a chameleon able to convince people they have an honorable character when they're actually hot-tempered, deceptive, compulsive liars used to fooling even those that consider themselves to be devout believers to trust their charm. But the question must remain in your mind because see, trying to change a narcissist, mm, anybody out there who's tried that, uh, you're probably pretty exhausted and have some health complications. So the question must remain in your mind when they cry, plead, do nice things that appear to be conviction is whether it leads to true transformation by the Ruach. Once they get what they need from you, that is when you'll really see whether that act of conviction sticks and leads to the transformation Yah requires. Because a lot of you get fooled with a premature conviction, I'll call it. You didn't even wait it out to see if it was real or if it was true. And a lot of times you have people who have for years and years and years been giving you those appearances of conviction and you don't even realize, whoa, you know what? You really never changed. You really never transformed. Like you're manipulating me with that appearance. And so you wanna see if there's a transformation by the Ruach, not their own will, flesh, other people by the Ruach, once they get whatever they need from you, it's kind of like drug addicts. A lot of times they are, you know, they love you until they don't love you no more because they got what they needed. And that is when you'll see whether the act of conviction sticks and leads to the transformation y'all required that I talked about. So if that's not the case and you find yourself in this loop of false conviction with them that never turns into fruitful transformation. I'm talking about, we going on 10 to 15 years. It don't take that long to transform with y'all. So it never turns into fruitful transformation. There are some real, very real spiritual dangers or abuses you want to be aware of. Why? Because narcissists often use control to gain and keep all the power in a relationship, which leads to every other kind of abuse, including emotional, spiritual, mental, and even physical abuse. All narcissists aren't physical, don't physically abuse you, but um, narcissists will do every other kind of abuse and eventually can end up there, to be quite honest. And when they don't get their way, they actually believe they have the right to punish you for standing in their way. So when you try to confront them because they despise being held accountable, they usually, they usually respond with an inward and or outward rage overhearing the truth about themselves. You'll be like, dang, you act like I killed you. You act like I stabbed you. You act like I slept with your spouse. Like, oh my gosh, the rage of just telling them the truth. Why? Because they do not fear y'all. You'll be like, 
They don't fear that blood on their hands. They don't fear lying in the name of the Ruach. They don't fear blaspheming the Holy Spirit to, just to get what they want. They don't fear. No, they do not fear Yah or his wrath and judgment toward unrepentant sin. That's a key way you'll recognize they are narcissists. Your confrontation won't even phase them to have conviction. Maybe the appearance of it, but not actual conviction that leads to transformation by the Ruach, which is why they prefer, this is the type they prefer to hang around. They prefer to only surround themselves with people who accept and enable sin. Those who will cover up the truth to continue to put up the appearances that they are perfect and holy and righteous and even in a perfect family. They'll describe you as rebellious if you confront them and move to get you and them around more quote unquote forgiving, loving, but actually passive people so they can continue to abuse grace. And we know what Yah says about the uh, abuse of grace in Romaim or Romans 6.15. Go ahead and read it. You might want to pause right now and go and read it before you move on with this episode. But that's what they do when you confront them and they see you're coming into a knowledge of truth that um, pulls down the vain imaginations that they have and who they want you to believe that they are and you see them for who they really are. Now we got to get around some more forgiving and loving people. No, it's really like blind people. We got to get around some blind people so you can get back under my control so if there's a friend a loving um family member whoever that tries to come in and help you and support you they don't want you around them you know they want to they want to remove you from them because they are uh allergic to the truth not even just allergic it's like kryptonite it is like um um it is it is it is beyond kryptonite. It is it is destructive. Truth is destructive to them. Whereas lies should be destructive to the true believer. Truth is destructive to them. You're destroying the image that I've built up in this false reality in this world that I've created trying to be like an Elohim. And in the same spirit of Hashatan, you then become their enemy because you're telling them the truth. Um, like in Galatean, which is Galatians 4, verse 16, it says, Am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? Yes, you will become their enemy for telling them the truth. Which is why it's often very hard to, quote unquote, you know, win a person back from that state. Because if you can't tell them the truth, and they are so comfortable and they thrive living in lies, you know, how do we then walk in the truth together? Which is why it's really important to hold them accountable and not just agree with their lies, agree with living a lie. Uh, scripture also talks about the fact that when you know the truth and you don't tell a person the truth, especially someone you're walking in close relationship with, that there's blood on your hands, you know? So, we want to be careful saying, you know, I'm just not going to say anything. There does come a time where you don't cast your pearls before a swine and you just like leave it. But if you've never told them the truth about themselves, um, you know, and you're kind of just accepting it and living a lie, that's dangerous for you because then you become also responsible in a sense, not even in a sense, literally according to scripture, go look it up. It talks about when you see someone walking in wickedness and narcissists behave wickedly, 
lying, deceiving, manipulating, living double-minded, portraying this one appearance, but then living a totally different way with those that really know them or with their family. Um, and you don't say anything, then you become responsible too, which is why I said this can lead you into destruction. So you have to be very mindful and careful in seeking Yah about what you say, how you say it, when you say it. And then understanding that there is a time when grace does run out because, you know, we grace is not there for, for us to uh, sin. That's not what grace is there for. So there comes a time when that does expire. And so you want to seek Yah about has this grace expired as far as the relationship is concerned. And now how do I move in this relationship? Anyway, to continue on. They move to get you and them around more quote unquote forgiving, which is more passive people so they can continue to abuse grace, which is why most churches are swarming with narcissists or people abused by narcissists. Trauma in childhood is so common. We often don't realize it's the very thing destroying who we are as adults. To move past it, we have to go back to where it began. It came to pass, book one, in the beginning. Visit itcametopass.com for more information. That's it came, the number two, pass.com. In fact, a narcissist hides actually incredibly well in a church environment because many churches promote forgiveness over and without even the need for repentance. Meanwhile, ironically, the narcissist is actually very unforgiving. Yes, even though they harp on forgiveness and love all day, they have on deck a complete list of wrongs as ammunition to maintain control over you and others. You confront them with the truth and all kinds of bullets about your so-called record of wrongs come shooting out to destroy you in order for their sin to remain untouched. It's a very toxic breeding ground being with a narcissist and can even lead you into destruction being with them. Romaim or Romans 128 talks more about what a narcissist can be viewed as from a spiritual perspective, and that is a reprobate mind. The Sefer version says, and even as they did not like to retain Elohim in their knowledge, Elohim gave them, Elohim gave them over. To what? A reprobate mind. To what? To do those things which are not convenient. Meaning they are so unrepentant in the pursuit of their own fleshly desires, which dismiss Yah so they can be their own God, a narcissistic lifestyle. He gave them over to it. That is a reprobate mind. A mind that is vain, devoid of Yah's true knowledge and judgment. A mind that is incapable of discerning what is truly good or of disapproving what is actually evil. So they'll call evil good and good evil. A mind that has lost conscience and is disapproved by Yah. If he gave you over, he's, he, you are not approved of him. And so that must also be disapproved by those that belong to him. Once Yah gives someone over to a mind like that, we have to be careful showering them with relationship and grace because they are without 
conscience. So they'll abuse you in return for it. You know that scripture don't cast your pearls before swine. And, and it's even worse with them. And I'm fortunate to say it's rare that a reprobate turns back to Yah. For they are their own Yah. Now, notice I said it's rare. Just like Yah says it's hard for a rich man to enter into Yah's kingdom. In Marcus or Mark 10, 24 to 25, the separate version says, And the Talmudium were astonished at his words. But Yahusha answered again and said unto them, Children, how hard is it for them that trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of Elohim? So when I say it's rare, you know, people might get upset. How could you say that? But Yah is telling you right here how hard it is for someone who trusts in riches. It is easier, it continues on, for a rope to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of Elohim. The principle remains for a reprobate mind or narcissist who trusts in himself as a God and probably even more than riches. How hard is it for them to enter into Yah's kingdom? Listen, I know some of you may feel hopeless and upset about the fact that spiritually a narcissist behaves reprobate and feel like, well, what does that mean for me and my relationship with them? I would simply ask you to consider whether their appearance of repentance is actual repentance over time before giving them your trust or even reconciling. While you wait, work with Yah and whoever he may lead you to, to work with the both of you on healing the effects of their narcissistic abuse. Because after all, what kind of love is self-serving and wants you to serve them as they actually serve the enemy of Yah. Remember, love doesn't lie or expect you to live one. I'm Zara Hairston, sending you the comfort of truth. Do you need more individualized support to identify, overcome, and prevent toxic attachments? Your need and my expertise might just be a match. Go to ZaraHairston.com slash coach me to find out. Yeah, bless. Thanks for enjoying this podcast. 